Come on and love him. Let the Holy Ghost touch your heart tonight. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, Holy God. We worship you, King of Kings. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for everything. Thank you, Lord, for your great grace. Oh, Lord God. Thank you for your great grace, oh, Lord. Thank God and thank God and thank God. Everybody said praise the Lord. Oh, thank God. It is wonderful to be in God's house tonight. And uh, it's good to see Casey and also uh, I believe it's Sylvia and Wallace Mann. We're glad to have them here tonight. And nice to have Bruni's sister. Amen. Um, good to have Bruni's sister here from Jamaica. And uh, Omar's mother's here tonight. Let's give them a big hand. Thank God. You have a Bible. Let's take a look at 1 Peter tonight. Go to the book. Amen. Good presence of the Lord. Wonderful to be in God's house and experience and enjoy the presence of God. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm looking at verse 7, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory in the appearing, at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. All right, I want to work for just a little while tonight on found faith. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I uh, had a brother come into church tonight, came by the office, and uh, I was reading when he suddenly appeared in the office, and uh he quoted a scripture to me, and I had just been reading I, that very scripture. And, uh, you know, it's nice when you have things like that happen. And uh, the scriptures are ready to hand. They're just right there. They're, they're right there for us. I was at a lawyer's office not too long ago, and uh, I told him he had made a statement, and I said, well, I said, you, like the Bible said, you prove all things. A lot of people can say things, but proof is something else. You prove all things, and you hold fast to that which is good. We have to kind of cull through things once in a while. Even the Bible teaches you that uh, they've cast their net, and they brought it in. And I know this is ministerial, and they brought in the, the net filled with fish, a, a big old catch, and they had to uh, begin to sift through it cull through it they had to separate the good from the bad and uh, there are things in life that you and I have to sift through and cull through and we have to make choices and we have to decide what is good 
and what's not so good. And uh, there are, we have the Holy Ghost and we have the Word of God to guide us in this type of an endeavor that God can show us and teach us and instruct us and look out for us so that we, we hold fast to the good thing. We, we hold on to that and we let go of the bad. There are things in life that hurt us and harm us and make us, get us to go in wrong directions, give us uh, bad directions, shall we say. I don't know if you've ever been the victim of bad directions, but I have. And uh, matter of fact, I, I was in one uh, little island, beautiful little island, and uh, I asked how to get to the grocery store, a certain grocery store. And uh, he said, you go, you go up there, man, and you go around the roundabout. And then you, you go straight a little bit, and then you go around the roundabout. And after six roundabouts, I was lost. I was like, roundabout, okay. I was definitely, a roundabout is really a circle, and I was going in circles. I was, I was in a mess. I was in a mess, you know. And uh, I want to be able to help people to give them very precise and exact and understandable instructions when it comes to making heaven. Religion will give you a lot of imprecise, a lot of inaccurate, and a lot of things that you can't understand and call those directions. And that's why we've got a world that is in a valley of decision. We've got a world that is tripping and stumbling in the darkness. And they don't know which way to go. And they don't know what to do. And they're given very confusing instructions from people. And I said one time, I heard this and I passed it on. It said, I don't know what he's talking about because he doesn't know what he's talking about. And it's so true that there are people that, that are just, you know, in a, in a big ball of confusion themselves. And you know the enemy is the one that brings confusion. That's not God's business. God's not in the confusion business. Okay? God's in the giving the understanding business. He wants you to have knowledge. As it is written, he would not have you to be ignorant or lacking in knowledge. There are a lot of things in life that I'm ignorant about. And there's a lot of things in life that I'm glad to be ignorant about. I'm glad I don't have that knowledge. I'm glad that there's a carnal knowledge. I don't want anything to do with carnal knowledge. But I very much want to get spiritual knowledge. I remember as a young man at 20 years of age that I got witness to. And the Lord opened my understanding to the scriptures that were being given to me. And I read them for myself. And when I read them, God allowed me. He gave me a seeing eye and a hearing ear, which both are of the Lord, the Scripture said, that I could understand as it's written also. He opened their understanding that they might understand the Scripture. Let me tell you, this isn't something that you do on your own. It is not by power. It is not by might. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. God is in control. And God's looking at your heart. And God loves you. God cares about you. God wants to work a miracle in your life. He wants to do that. He wants to do that. I hope that you'll allow him to do that. I hope that you will, will show a faith. Job, Job the Bible said, 
very plainly in the second, third chapter of Job. He said, for the thing, the thing, the thing, which I greatly feared is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of, it came unto me. He said, I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet. Yet trouble came. This man got bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news. And each one of these bad instances, you and I get to read about it, and we don't have to scratch our heads because the Bible tells us what happened. The Bible tells us that the Lord had a, a meeting, and the angels showed up, and so did Satan. So did Satan. And Satan got there, and the Lord said, hey, uh, what have you been doing? I guess the Lord was trying to make a little conversation, because I know the Lord already knew what Satan had been doing. And uh, he said, well, I've been walking to and fro up and down the earth. I'm sure it didn't take for him to finish that and say, uh, seeking whom I may devour, because that was kind of understood. Like in geometry, it was a given. And so the Lord said, well, hey, have you considered my servant? And uh, Job started mocking, I mean, Satan started mocking, started making fun. And he said, ah, he serves you for nothing. You've, you've put a hedge about him. You've blessed everything in his life. Isn't that nice about God? That he's looking for people that he can protect, looking for people that he can bless, looking for people that will worship and praise him. Job was described as that, a man that did what he did towards God continually. It wasn't one day on and one day off. It wasn't some kind of hokey pokey. I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. No, no, Job did what he did in his prayers and his Communion with God. He did that continually. He came to church faithfully. He worshiped God faithfully. Continually. And so the Lord said, well, okay, you, uh, you want to go and wreak a little havoc? You want to test him? You go ahead. You go ahead. But you can just go so far. And so the enemy, Satan, you know, you and I, we do have an enemy. This world has an enemy, but he don't look like an enemy. That's the thing. He's smooth. He's smooth. The world wants to make fun, and the enemy is behind that. Let them mock. Let them make fun. Let them be cartoonish. I wish some people would realize that cartoons are just violence on a child's level, just uh, bad uh, manners are conveyed on a child's level. And uh, some people think just because it's a cartoon, it's okay. I actually knew a man that was in the Hollywood business. And he told me that they would get together and they would, you know, have a dinner party. And he said, when we got done eating dinner, he said, and we had our dessert, he said, then the men would say, let's have some cartoons. And he said, that was my signal to leave. Because he knew that they were just nasty things that they had drawn up and put together and would display. Oh, yeah. 
there's a lot of filthy minds behind things that go on. And you better know the mind behind the minds is Satan. You better understand that. And he has nothing good. He has nothing good to give. Satan doesn't possess anything good at all. And so he began to wipe Job out. He just attacked from one quarter and one place and another place and another place until one servant from each attack escaped alone to come back and tell Job what took place. I alone am escaped. I've come to tell you that this has been wiped out. And that's been wiped out. And the other's been wiped out. Bad news on every hand. But you know, it, you get the feeling that it, it didn't rock Job that badly. And that he kind of flowed with it. He took it in stride. And then you read again, that word again. That word, some people in the South pronounce it a game. But I didn't see much game myself when I read it. Because I read where uh, old Satan showed up again. Isn't it funny how he did wrong and he pushed the envelope and he started a big old war and a big old fight. But when it came down to you go, now you started this, you did your thing, you ran your mouth, now you go, Satan. And out he went, Michael and his angels, lined up against Satan and his angels. They thrust Satan out. The Bible said their place was found no more. But here's, here's Satan again. It's funny how people come back around you know they don't want what god has they don't want what the church stands for they don't want the orderliness let everything be done decently and in order the book said they don't want that and they fight and they quarrel and they cause upheaval and doubt and fear in people's minds and they have a lot to say but here they come back around again just like satan did Kind of want to know what's going on. And the Lord said, well, you did this bad, and you did that bad, and you did the other bad to my servant Job, but he's still standing. He's still standing. He's still in church. He's still working with everything. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, but you, uh, you touch him. He said, you know, touch his skin. Touch his life. Put a physical Infirmity and affliction. He said, he'll curse you to your face. The Lord said, okay, all right. He said, you can do that. But he said, you, you, don't, you don't take his life. And so the Bible teaches that Satan, that he moved against Job in such a manner that he, the Bible used the word smoked. He smoked Job with boils the top of his head to the bottom of the soles of his feet. He couldn't even walk. And he just sat down in ashes, the book said, with a piece of broken, like a, a broken plate. And they began to scrape himself. Three friends showed up. They were supposed to be comforters. And they looked at Job. They didn't even recognize him. And they sat down for one whole week. They wouldn't even speak because Job's misery was so great. They just looked at him in awe. They couldn't believe 
what had taken place. And there's Job sitting there. A bloody mess of boils. Sitting in ashes. A wife who's telling him, why don't you curse God and die? Couldn't even get a little help from her looking in that direction. But the Bible said that Job said, that's silly talk. That's foolish talk. He said, shall we receive good? Oh, he was remembering all the good. And that's always a smart thing to do. Remember all the good that God has done in your life. He began to count his, recount his blessings. And he said, shall we not receive evil? It's written in the New Testament, you know, that it rains on the just and the unjust. And uh, I tell you that, that Job, you and I, Job was going through it. And, and there's nothing that indicates that Job understood what in the world is happening. But you and I, we get to read the book, if we will. If you're reading your Bible, you know, if you're continually reading your Bible, and you're going to read that God told Satan, said, all right, you've managed to cause me to move against my servant. And without cause, but I want you to know your Bible also tells you that His grace is sufficient. God can supply you. I told Senior Sitzfeld not too long ago that we had to be real humble because God giveth more grace to the humble. And if you find yourself feeling that you're a little lacking in grace, then don't get proud, don't get mad. Don't get upset. Get more humble. Get more humble. And the first news you know, God's delivery truck's going to pull up and ring your doorbell and leave you a whole dump truck load of grace. Because the Bible said where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. And the enemy shows up at your doorstep and he's trying you. And he's doing things that in your mind you're screaming, I don't deserve this. Just remember, listen for that heavenly doorbell. Because grace is on its way. There's going to be more grace. There's going to be abounding grace. I asked Brother Marvin, I gave him a little quiz the other day. I asked him to quote me that scripture about that God able to do and he said, he answered me, and he said, exceeding abundantly. And I was listening for that word exceeding because most people misquote it. But Omar got it right. I was, I was kind of proud of him right there. Exceeding abundantly above all that we think or ask. God's able to do that. God's able to send a delivery of grace your way, my friend. God's able to help you in your time. Blessed is the man that endureth, the woman that endureth that temptation, that trusting time, that trying time. You know, when, it, when, he's, when the Bible said that he that dasheth in pieces is come up in thy face. And God's trying to tell you, come on, square your shoulders. Come on, persevere in prayer. Come on, push on into the wor Word of God in the book here. I'm going to be there. 
I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to leave you. You're going to go through some things, but I'm going to be right there going through it with you. Amen and amen and amen. And you know, the old devil's going to make you feel like, well, you'll doubt yourself. You'll say, I, I did it wrong. I don't know what I did, but I, I, I must have done it wrong. I, I thought wrong. I acted wrong. I stepped out of line. I've done something wrong. But Job said, well, the thing. He didn't know what the thing was. But you and I know what the thing was. It's called Satan. And we wrestle not. We don't wrestle. That's not what he's saying. We do wrestle. He said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. He said we wrestle against principalities. We do wrestle, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness, the rulers of darkness in high places. That's what we're wrestling against. He said that thing, that thing, ooh, that thing, not even sure what that thing is. Well, you and I are. We know it's a spirit. We know that it is an attitude come from hell. We know it's not of God. You don't read where negative and bad and nasty and ugly and destructive things come from God. You read, you read where the fruit of the Spirit comes from God. You read where God's love comes from God. If you want the love of God, then you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. First order of business. That's when he sends forth his love into your heart, your believing heart. I believe you, God. I believe you, God. You said repent, I'm going to repent. You said get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm going to get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And God then is going to fill you with the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Just like he did his own mama. Jesus Christ filled his own mama with the Holy Ghost. Woo! Amen. He said, For the thing which I greatly fear is come upon me. Man, things have just been so good. Things have been so great. Things have been flowing along like a smooth stream. Oh, man, but the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. You got to expect Satan. You got to expect him. You got to know he doesn't like it that you're baptized in Jesus' name, that you've got the Holy Ghost. He doesn't like it, let me get down real basic, that you do good in school. He doesn't like it that you're obedient and that you don't have a bad mouth filled with cursing words, a heart and a mind like that. He doesn't like it. That you're not some hoe walking up and down the street. You hear me? He don't like it that you're not a gangster and part of some group that goes around trying to shoot people and rob people and steal from people. He don't like that. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to be a thug. He wants you to, to be somebody that's uh, considered like uh, they measured up against um, Jesus, you know. And they, the world chose the murderer. The world chose the insurrectionist. The world chose the guy that was doing it wrong, saying it wrong, and thinking it wrong over him that 
even the, the ruler, the, the man that was appointed judge that day said, I find no fault in him. I can't find any fault in him. And that's what God's saying to Job, or saying of Job to Satan. You consider my servant? You consider that dude? He's, he's perfect. He's complete. He's upright. He's blameless. He's got integrity. He's a man or a woman of character, a person of character. Excuse me, I just don't want to leave the ladies out. Yeah, no reason to do that. Job said, I was not in safety. I wasn't hiding out. He said, neither had I rest. I wasn't trying to shirk responsibility. Neither was I quiet. I wasn't keeping my mouth shut about God. He said, yet trouble came. Oh, you can look for Satan to show up. You can look for him to try to stir and muddy the water. You can expect him to come when things are smooth and good and cool and nice and righteous. You can expect him. So you've got to be building yourselves up, the Bible said, on your most holy faith. You know, your faith is most holy. It's, it's not something... I heard a woman going, I, I seen fellow asked me to do a honeydew today. And uh, I had to go to Winn-Dixie with a little list. And uh, so I went in there and, and got the little list, just two things, and picked them up. And as it was online, this woman was walking along. And uh, she had a cane. And she's walking along with another lady. All of a sudden, she just got right, I'm off the counter, I'm at the checkout. Just coming on in. All of a sudden, she starts exclaiming about Jesus and starts saying all these different things. And, you know, Satan is a mocker. He's just a mocker. He just makes fun. He'd like for, for people whose lives are sinful, he likes for them to call on the name of Jesus. He likes for people whose one side of their mouth is filled with cuss words and the other side, they're saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He likes that. He likes to cause confusion. But Job, Job wasn't like that. Job was solid through and through. And Job didn't understand beyond the point that he said, I knew, and that's why I would, I would pray. That's why I would get up early and talk to God. That's why I would sanctify my children. You want to be careful with your children. Hear me? You want to be careful. You don't want to just let anything go on. You don't want to be a part of introducing wrong things. You want to be a guardian. You want to realize that Satan wants your children. He wants to destroy their lives. He doesn't want them to grow up to live for God. The Bible said that Joseph, that he lived after he buried his father, he lived to be 110 years old. And uh, I think that's a little too old for me to get to. I am praying that my eye won't grow dim and my, for me and seems felt, and our natural force won't be abated. But uh, I'm not too sure about that 110 stuff. But uh, Joseph, the Bible said he lived to see the third generation of his son, Ephraim and Manasseh, his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Third generation, he got to see that. And uh, I'm saying to you, what is our third generation going to look like, church family? It's important. Joseph handed down things 
And he told them. He quoted Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to them. And he told his brethren, he said, you thought to do evil. He said, but God meant it for good. Let me tell you again, this looked bad for Job, but God was there and God's going to turn it to good. And as somebody said, maybe it was Omar, read the back of the book. Read the back of the book. You be sure when you're reading the back of the book of Revelation that you read the back of Job too. Along the way, you read the back of the book. Because man, Job, Job was head and shoulders above it all to begin with. And when God got done turning it all around, he had more than he had in the beginning. He exceeded that. Oh, I want you to understand that you want to be faithful. That you want, you want this most holy faith operating and working in your life. You want the doctrine and you want the faith and the belief in God to be strong in your life. And you want to remember when the dark clouds come overhead and when that thing comes upon you and interferes and tries to trouble your life, remember that God's saying, I put so much good in your life. Remember my grace is sufficient. I've got to keep you balanced. Got to keep you balanced. Got to keep you balanced. Paul made that clear. He said, because of the abundance of the revealings and the light that God has placed in my life. He sent a messenger of Satan my way. And he said, I got down to business. I started talking to God and I besought him three times. Evidently, Paul was used to asking once and getting the results. And he made a big deal about it. He said, man, I asked God three times. Boy, I'm thinking about how many times I've asked. I'm way past that mile marker, number three. Here I am again, Lord. Woo, it's me again. I sometimes will kid with people, and I'll tell them if I have to call them multiple times, I'll tell them, you know, there's an old song, and uh, it's me again, Lord. I got a prayer that needs an answer. And, oh, brother, there are times when you and I are heading back to that throne of grace. And just remember, it's a throne of grace. And you remember to come to it with confidence. Come to it with confidence. Believing that God can do just exactly what He said He can do. And that He can do exceeding, abundantly, above all that you think or you ask. God's able to do that. He's a great God. He's a mighty God. He can turn your life around. He can heal your body. And most importantly, he can save your soul. Oh, yeah. I had somebody tell me one time, it was a family member, said, I, I messed up. I messed up. But you know what? God can clean up your mess. Sometimes he uses the pastor after many, many, many hours of prayer and counsel. <laughs> but we get the mess cleaned up. Yes, we do. And you know what? We've got a good team around here that helps to clean up the mess. You read in your Bible about when you see somebody overtaken in a fault, first of all, you're looking for your spiritual team. You know, you're looking for people that believe in the spiritual things of God and that people that will consider themselves lest they also be tempted? Oh, my friend, the tempter can come to anybody. Oh, that thing will show up. I remember if 
fighting the spirit one time and helping a preacher. And after it was all over and the, the meeting and everything, and I was a very young man in the Lord, I made my way back to a visiting church. And I it was dark and late. And I began to pray. While I was praying, I knew that there was that thing showed up. And I remember telling my pastor about it, describing it to him. And he said, what it was, he said, after you dealt with that meeting, he said, you went back and had to fight that spirit that tried to come into that meeting and to destroy that preacher. Oh, friend, let me tell you, Satan, Satan shows up. Satan among the saints, he shows up. And he doesn't bring anything good to the table. He brings everything bad. He brings wars and rumors of wars. He brings hatred and quarreling. I heard a preacher one time say, he said, folks, he said, if I can't run it, he said, I'll kill it. Now, what kind of spirit is that? That's not the spirit of God. That's not the love of God. Oh, no, my friend. You start identifying after a while. You try the spirits, whether they be of God. And you start understanding and you start learning how to label something that is not of God. That it is not the right spirit. And it is not the right way to talk or to act. Let me tell you, I serve a God and you are to serve a God that is not of confusion. But is not of war. But he is of peace among the saints. He wants us to have the peace of God ruling in our hearts. Yes, he does. No wonder, as you stand with me in conclusion, blessed be the God and Father of the flesh of the man, the Lord Christ Jesus, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again, born again, unto a lively hope. Isn't it nice? You can, we are born losers, but we're born again winners. Isn't that wonderful? How great is that? That God reaches around behind the eight ball and pulls you out. And he reaches into the horrible pit and pulls you up. How many great things God does. And he said, that gotten us again unto a lively hope, a living hope. This isn't dead. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. And that fadeth not away. There's so many dreams that fade away. There's so many hopes and desires that slipped through people's fingers. But we've got something that fadeth not away. Peter said it in another place. He said a crown that fadeth not away. Paul said it's a crown of righteousness, not only for him, but for all them that love the Lord, and that run the race, and that finish it. What did he say? Stay with the ship. you got to finish this. He said it were kept. Well, let me say, well, let me read again. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Everybody said me. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We are living in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be. You know God knows everything. Ye are in heaviness through many different types of temptations, trials, testings, one after another, that the trial 
of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes. Gold is going to perish. You hear me? Gold, the whole radio thing, every day, buy gold, buy gold, buy gold. Gold's going to perish. You hear me? He said, though it be tried with fire, your faith he's talking about, though it be tried with fire, it might be found, found faith, that you, your faith might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I want you to know something. God slapped Satan out of the way and, and God said, now I'll do the talking. He told he just shut Satan up and he shut those miserable comforters up, self-righteous as they were. Wouldn't stand by, really wouldn't stand by somebody that was just going through it. Allowed to go through it. That God put to the test. And God said, Job, I want to ask you something. Job said, I already spoke once. He asked, spoke twice. I got no more to say. <laughs> I got nothing more to say. I'm, I'm, I want to hear what you guys say. It's good for us to get to the place where we just sit down and we shut up and we listen to what, what we need to hear. God got done talking. He looked at them miserable comforters and he said, you guys, you better go see Job and ask him to pray for you. He's my son. That's my daughter. I may spank him. I may allow him to go through some things, but don't ever forget. They're mine. Don't you ever forget that. They're mine. Everybody said amen. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. I promise you. Get out of line. You don't want to be doing anything slapping and cracking. You know, if mama thinks they need to be smacked or cracked, mama will take care of that. You understand me? Because mama says, he's my son. Or, She's my daughter. I'll take care of that. And I'm telling you, God is standing right there. And you are his son and his daughter. And he's going to be there in the beginning. And he's going to be there in the end. And I want you to understand that he's developing something in us for these last times these last days people are going to put their faith in gold gold that Bible says is going to perish but they're going to look at you and they're going to say what's that you've got and you're going to have something a found faith that's found to be what is that? Indestructible. You know, gold is an element. And the elements are going to melt with a fervent heat. But you're going to have something that they turned up the furnace ten times hotter. <laughs> and uh, the three Hebrew children, well, they, was, they was having church. They was having church in the presence of God. And the king looked in there and said, I get a revelation. That's right. People are going to get a revelation when they see what kind of faith you got. When it's found to be more precious than gold. When nothing can destroy it. It's indestructible. It's going to be found that way. There are ores. O-R-E. Ore. That they dig out of the earth. Sometimes it's cold. 
Sometimes they get the coal off of the outside and they find a diamond. There's different types of metal. Some things are more precious than others. But nothing is more precious than your faith. That God is refining. That God is refining. When God could look at Job and say, you hung in there through it all. And Satan got me to move against you with no cause. You didn't say it wrong. You didn't do it wrong. You just got tested. I would put so much good things in your life. And Satan just wanted to find out if your serving God is shallow, if it's top minter. If you, somebody said tonight, if you're going to jump ship or not, which absolutely makes no sense whatsoever when you think about it. You know, you're in this horrific storm on a big old ship. And granted, the storm is buffeting the ship back and forth and beating it up all over the place to the back of the boat was, was busted out to smithereens. That's a bad word, busted, but anyway. It was all beat up to smithereens. Incorrect English, sorry. I don't. I told you, I'm trilingual. I don't speak either language too well, whether it be English or Creole or Spanish. But I try. But the, the, the back of the ship was beat up pretty bad. And the wind was buffeting everything. And these idiots, sorry, but they're, they're tiptoeing. the big boat in the big storm to get in the little boat to be in the big storm. That don't make any sense at all. Leaving the church makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. You want to be under the umbrella of divine protection. You want the mercy of God. You want the grace of God. So if God decides to polish your faith up through a trial and through a test and a temptation, you just tell them, polish away, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand for you. I'm going to stand. I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to go right or left. I'm not going overboard. I'm not going backwards. I love you. I love the church. I love the truth. I love the message. Amen and amen and amen. This is more precious than anything. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let's worship him tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, He will. Let's come and gather around for just a few minutes. Everybody is welcome.